Hello, this is Ellen Wasolino. This is a special bonus edition of Mediterranean Sustainability Partners. Now as former uh, president of International Geostrategic Maritime Observatory, I was also the editor-in-chief of our flagship publication, uh, the Geostrategic Maritime Review. Now I'm going through and looking for uh, publications that are relevant to our current podcast and podcast selections. And I came across uh, number eight, Strategic Baltic Sea, which I found was quite relevant to our podcast that will take place uh, on NATO 2030. And I'm sure you will agree because there's many subjects here that are of great interest and a lot of history and um, understanding of the issues at stake. And I'd just like to read the table of contents and then read my editorial. The table of contents, of course, started with my editorial. And then the first article was by Alessandro Giraldo, uh, entitled The Baltic Basin, A Lake of Growth Full of History, followed by an article written by Giri E. Leni Valenta, entitled Russia's Strategic Advantage in the Baltic, A Challenge for NATO. This article was followed by Baltic Ports, Competition for the Future, which really gets into a lot of information and detail about the Baltic seaports by Vajislav Ivanov. And finally, uh, another take uh, that you might find interesting, the digitalization of the maritime industry perspectives and key legal challenges for improved efficiency by Beatrice Fleuris and Cécile Théard-Jalut. Now, I'd just like to read my very short editorial for you just to set the stage uh, for this bonus episode of um, episode 12, NATO 2030. This editorial was written on the other side of the Atlantic in Washington, D.C., which gave me a new perspective, having been present for the media coverage leading up to the U.S. presidential campaign, the win of Donald Trump, as the 45th U.S. president, and now at this writing, reaching the 100-day mark of his presidency, a traditional milestone for looking at his accomplishments during this time and policies going forward. I was also witness to France electing Emmanuel Macron on May 7. Having chosen the themes for our publications two years ago, I do believe we were right on target to have the Baltic Sea be the theme of our eighth edition of our biannual publication followed on the heels of the Arctic Migration and Caspian Sea. It was in July 1997 at the NATO conference in Madrid that brought about the enlargement of the alliance of the three Eastern European countries, Poland, the Czech Republic, and Hungary. This enlargement was followed by the last one to date in March 29, 2004, that brought 10 more countries on the north-south line between the Baltic and the Black Sea into the alliance framework. Bulgaria, Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, Romania, Slovakia, and Slovenia, Albania, Croatia, and the Republic of Macedonia. Uh, they have since signed up for a membership action plan, or a MAP, or MAP. Looking back on the publication, of my two books written in 2014 and 2015 on Ukraine and one on the EU defense, 
which perfectly set the stage for this edition. Perhaps the culminating strategic crisis point today in 2017, preceded by Maidan and the annexation of Crimea. The EU migration crisis, the accelerated melting of the Arctic, all come to a head in the Baltic, where U.S. forces have now arrived and are in place following the Baltops exercise. Below is an excerpt from my second book. Following the numerous terrorist attacks in Paris since July 14, 2016, how can NATO stand up to jihadists and migrants crossing the Mediterranean seas, amongst which were solitary wolves formatted to launch attacks in Europe, as we are recently witnessed on London's Tower Bridge. NATO has become a political hot potato here in Washington as the Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg paid a visit to President Trump where member contributions were discussed. And the U.S. should indeed focus its support on ensuring a strong political and economically stable Europe, a zone of peace and prosperity, where they can exercise their leadership founded on a strong international system. And this great zone of peace should also include Russia, which could imply a closer transatlantic relationship from Washington. The common enemy, terrorism, which brought them together in 2001, should also bring them together to fight Daesh or the Islamic State. But at this point, and we see it during the elections, there is a great mistrust between Russia and the U.S. that is indeed creating friction in Syria in its sphere of influence. That could also be the case in the Baltic countries. And this distrust could lead to clashes, hacking, security threats, and missteps on the European continent. Have we avoided the second Cold War that Dmitry Medvedev spoke of at the Munich Security Conference in February 2015? Or is it yet to come? And are we looking at a different type of warfare, the hybrid type, used to invade computer systems and the internet and shut down critical infrastructure? This issue gives the reader some background and depth on the history of the region, through the looking glass of the Hanseatic League, the geostrategic situation in the region, the geopolitical and geoeconomic stakes of logistic hubs in the Baltic states, and finally, the digitalization and modernization of European transportation and the roles that US, Russia, and the EU play together to ensure national, economic, and energy security in Eurasia. I do hope you'll enjoy this.